electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod, a debt deal proposal. No one got everything they want, but that's the responsibility of governing. Who's satisfied and who's still on the fence with Punchbowl News founder Jake Sherman? Joe Biden needs to lean in and get skeptical Democrats to vote for this bill because there are a lot of skeptical Democrats. The work still to do to get the deal done. It's going to be a grueling week. And the market's reaction to it all and to the Federal Reserve. Strategist Chairman Jason Trenner watching U.S. monetary policy. Fed is saying, listen, we have our suicide vests on for 2%. This is it. I don't think that's going to be the case ultimately. I think if they get to three, they're going to stop tightening. Those big stories, plus a new entry in the Trillion Dollar Club, high-profile CEOs going to China, and some pop culture that got us squawking and singing. Under the sea. It's Tuesday, May 30th, 2023. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back by in three, two, one. Cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is off today. Welcome back, Joe. Thank you. Yes, it's a, the we is us, right? It hasn't been us. No, it hasn't. It is we. It is we. We're, t- we're here. Here we are. We're here. It's, a, it's an it's NASDAQ. Tuesday, so it feels it's a like a Monday, week. but it's a yes, Tuesday. It's a week, so, so you they did it. going for you, too. They did it. Well, they did it, reached a deal. We'll see if it gets voted on. A lot oh, of questions they, about They've got to do so. it. Nobody wants to. Uh, I was proud. I was happy with that President Biden sort of was conciliatory about the whole thing. He didn't seem like he was mad. Well, that, they, that, I, uh, look, both had, sides, I, I think, have to sell this at this point because they, they need votes from both it's sides. It's the perfect deal in terms of the far left. Is oh, mad. my God, heads are exploding. The far, far right, right is heads are exploding. <laughs> it's the perfect deal. It must be perfect. It, it must have everything. Look, there's a few things that can still happen. It has to go through a rules committee. It's got to get voted on not only by the House, where they have to pick up somewhere between 70 and 100 votes, depending on who you're listening to right now. Um, 70 and 100 votes from the Democrats, depending on how many of the Republicans say no. Um, and then it's got to make its way through the Senate, where you have people like Mike Lee and Lindsey Graham, who are both raising questions about whether they'll vote for it, saying no for a variety of reasons. So we'll see. But you don't need <clears throat> one party or the other. No, you don't. So that's, that's right. That's and that, and that right. you know, there's a, I don't know if I'd call it a center of both parties, because both parties are obviously pretty far apart on a lot of things. But I think there's a little the, something what's a, Venn, it's a Venn diagram got bigger. There. You're this. right. You're right. Here's the new member of the one trillion dollar uh, market cap uh, club with chip giant NVIDIA. The company crossing the threshold this morning in pre-market uh, trading. It is currently, uh, as you can see, up $17. Uh, at $406, and uh, it was up about 25% last week following a strong earnings report. And then this past weekend, the company's CEO introduced a new supercomputer platform at an event in Taiwan. So we realized the importance of this new method of developing software, and that it has the potential of completely reinventing computing. 
and we were right. Elon Musk arrived in China this morning for his first visit there in three years. After a meeting with Musk, China's foreign minister said that the country will continue to promote a better international business environment for enterprises. Musk is expected to visit Tesla's Shanghai plant during that visit. Tesla shares up by about 2.9 percent and probably worth pointing out. Jamie Dimon is in Shanghai as well for the first time they've had an in-person J.P. Morgan China summit. Um, same thing mm. since 2019. Hmm. Yeah. China, I wasn't no, going to visit during COVID. <laughs> no, but it's just, yeah, exactly. But, you know, you got to. The way they do the. Uh, you have to engage your frenemies. Swabs. You right. have to engage your enemies, don't you? Or frenemies. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Of course. They both have big businesses there, too, so. Do you remember um, Sebastian? How do you do Seba- Sebastian in a live action um, Little Mermaid? Uh, probably CGI. You do? Yeah. Sebastian the Croc. A little, yeah, little tough. Yeah, like my favorite character. Yeah. Under the, the sea. It's, it seems like it would be hard to do a. They did it, though. Disney's live-action remake of The Little Mermaid topped the box office, bringing in nearly $118 million in just North American ticket sales over the holiday weekend. That's the fifth best Memorial Day weekend opening of all time, including international ticket sales. The movie brought in roughly $186 million. I like every time we see a successful opening. You can't live in that world unless you become a human yourself. I don't know. Suddenly, I, I, I hope we have a... I like theaters. I like being able to... There have been some good ones that I mentioned. The idea of, of opening it and streaming and that at the same time, just I think Zaslav's got that right. That's not... You know, we want, we want a it's strong, a vibrant... Movie. You can't really uh, see anything from no. the stuff we just showed. Where was Sebastian? Did you see him? I who, know. I, I thought if you kept talking, maybe we'd... Who's the bad... Him. Who plays the bad... Per, the the Ursula or the... Uh, I don't know. It was Ursula and one and... Her sister was in the other one. There. Oh, after you saw that one too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You didn't. I did. I know exactly who she is. She was like the next witch. Yeah, but. and they were, the voiceovers were good. I can't remember who yeah. played her. Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes is due to report to prison today to begin her 11-year sentence for defrauding investors. She was convicted of wire fraud and conspiracy. She has appealed that conviction. Uh, but a judge ruled that her appeal is unlikely to succeed, and therefore she was ordered to report to prison by 2 p.m. today. The Bureau of Prisons uh, hasn't said which facility she's going to be assigned to, although she's expected to surrender to a minimum security uh, prison uh, in a place called Bryan, Texas. We spoke off camera about preparing yourself for them, but I think you took the right turn when you brought up Thinking about the sacrifices. I can't. All of the. On Memorial Day, I just can't. You know, and lately I've, you know, on social media, someone has been circulating just dozens and dozens and dozens of guys in the Vietnam War or Korean War and and the pictures of what these 20 year old and 21 year old men and women look like that. That gave everything. Right. For a cause greater than themselves, for all of us. Right. And I was looking at pictures from D-Day yesterday, from what it looked like inside the boat before Jump out that Higgins the boat. The jaws of death. Yeah. Yeah. For, some, for a greater cause. And, you know, we're so spoiled and soft. And I, I don't know. I, I, I was hoping that age would mature me into, like, a man. But that, that doesn't come just, you know, I can't imagine making, like, we get inconvenience for an afternoon. And we're, like, grousing and complaining. And these guys, you know, we get a paper cut. And I cry. 
So it's yeah. just, I, I just have no concept. Yeah, the ultimate sacrifice, yeah. give your entire life. Right, where do we find men and women like that? They're it's amazing. Yeah. Cheese will be next. Coming up next on Squawk Pod, a deal reached in D.C., tentatively, at least. Punchbowl News, Jake Sherman, on the right, the left, and the voting still to come. The uh, initial analysis from the Congressional Budget Office is that the bill, if kept for six years, would save $2.1 trillion. So Republicans are touting this as an extremely successful control of spending. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk Pod, today with Joe Kernan and Becky Quick. The agreement also represents a compromise, which means no one got everything they want. But that's the responsibility of governing. President Biden and House Speaker McCarthy reaching a deal late Saturday night to raise the debt limit for two years. Joining us right now with the latest on what to expect on Capitol Hill today is Jake Sherman. He is Punchbowl News' founder. And Jake, you know, 72 hours uh, McCarthy has given his caucus to, to read this. I thought that was a little crazy when you realize it's only a 99-page bill, but then I started reading it. And everything refers back to something else that you have to go find, some other legislation that you have to find to go put in the pieces. So now I kind of understand it, because it's going to take a little while to work through all of this. Um, wh where's the whip count right now? How are they doing? So it's an interesting it's an interesting vote. It's going to be an extremely interesting vote because it's going to have to be carried by uh, about 150 Republicans and the rest Democrats. So about 70 or so House Democrats to get this thing through. And that's legislating. These bills are complicated. And McCarthy promised in that 15 round vote to get uh, uh, to get speaker that he would give lawmakers 72 hours to read bills. This has been kind of a point of contention over the years that people jam bills through and they and they don't know what's in them. So it's something McCarthy had to do. But the top lines are pretty simple. Uh, two years of budget uh, caps with an additional four years if Republicans keep the majority and don't undo those caps and a two-year hike of the debt limit. Now, the uh, initial analysis from the Congressional Budget Office is that the bill, if if kept for, for uh, six years, would save $2.1 trillion. So Republicans are touting this as an extremely successful control of spending. And listen, Becky, neither side got what they wanted effectively. I mean, Republicans got a little bit. Biden was able to protect his legislative wins in terms of the Inflation Reduction Act and other key priorities. So um, it's going to be a grueling week. This bill is going to come up for a vote tomorrow, most likely after the market closes, just as a, a hedge against something crazy. But um, uh, it looks like, listen, it should pass. And, and Joe Biden needs to lean in and get skeptical Democrats to vote for this bill because there are a lot of skeptical Democrats. 
Even the movement through the Rules Committee, is that going to be tricky? Because yes. at least two, I, I would assume at least two and potentially three Republicans will not vote for it there. Yeah, so this is this is another thing that came back and kind of bit Kevin McCarthy. He put conservatives on the Rules Committee, which is the, the initial process to get a bill through the floor. Uh, three of them, Tom Massey, Chip Roy and Ralph Norman have all expressed skepticism about this. This will be at three o'clock today. Uh, we expect Tom Massey could vote for it. He has signaled in the past that he will not hold up legislation just for the sake of holding it up. Um, but an incredibly important meeting at three o'clock today. And some listen, conservatives are not happy. But this is divided government, Becky. This is not going to be a deal that Republicans are going to shout about. They're going to be it's a deal that both parties are going to be a little bit upset over. Just watching it, Jake, just listening to you, I, I was thinking about, it's not ironic, but to, to see the president convincing some of the, his, uh, his colleagues in the Democratic Party to go along with a Kevin McCarthy sort of um, compromise bill uh, is, is good. It's good. It's old Biden. It's, it's the Biden that, that I grew up, or that I was watching when he was in the Senate. It's the deal-making Biden. The way, and, and I haven't seen that side of him recently. It's going to drive some lefties crazy. It's going to drive his progressive group crazy. They're already mad. But that's, isn't, remember Tip O'Neill and, and, and Ronald Reagan? I mean, it, it used to be this way, didn't it, Jay? Yeah, and, and as recently as, as Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi and, and uh, John Boehner and, and Barack Obama and Paul Ryan, to some degree, this is not unusual to have a bipartisan deal. I know I got a lot of flack for saying this last time, but this is how it's been on and off for the last couple of years, that the debt ceiling is a subject of negotiation. And, and Biden is going to have to convince, and you're right, it is the old Joe Biden that's going to have to convince his party that he... In divided government, he was able to protect their hard-fought hard wins. And uh, the Republicans who control the House, they won the election, needed to get something in return for lifting the debt ceiling. That's just the way this played out. And remember, Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden said they would not negotiate over the debt limit. That turned out to be an unsustainable proposition. And in a way, it is kind of, it is kind of surprising to see Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy lock arms over something. I hope that they get... I hope he sees what maybe Republicans have to deal with with the far left at some time and, and realizes, oh, my God, who are, who are these people that I've been appeasing for two years, giving them everything they wanted, and they, they're going to turn on me like this? And I, maybe that moves him away from, from that faction. And listen, this is not a monumental piece of legislation, right? I mean, they're not he's not asking them to swallow that much. I mean, there's permitting reform that Democrats don't like. There's some changes to, to work requirements for social safety net programs. But we're not talking about swallowing a massively bad bill for Democrats. This is a modest bill which does control spending, which, by the way, Biden said he wanted to do. He wanted to control spending. So all in all, a, a pretty modest bill that should get through Congress. But I want to make uh, give you one warning. Like, the debt ceiling needs to be lifted by June 5th. There is a chance that this drags on in the Senate past June 5th. I mean, I'd say it's uh, not extremely likely, but there is a decent chance the Senate could grind to a halt uh, based on the whims of one senator. So that's something yeah, to keep an eye on. Mike Lee and uh, Lindsey Graham have both said that they don't like this and they're going to try and do what they can to, to slow down, if not stop it. Uh, if that happens, what, what would, what could Treasury potentially do? That's a very good question. I mean, they, for the first time, set a hard deadline, June, uh, June 5th. They used, they were, they, before they were just saying as early as June 1, but this is a hard deadline. I don't know what they can do. They're pretty opaque about what they, they can and can't do. But listen, Chuck Schumer 
will get this through the Senate if they have the votes. He just has to jump through a bunch of procedural hurdles, which he has the ability to do. But again, Mike Lee, Lindsey Graham can slow it. But if it's typically in the Senate, if you see a bill is going to pass, slowing it doesn't really do much, to be honest with you. It just delays the inevitable. Jake, one question. You said that Biden's happy because he was able to preserve, for the most part, his legislative wins. why didn't they? I know this is like looking back, but why didn't they try and protect that by doing something about the debt ceiling when they controlled the House still? It was a big flub, Becky, to be honest with you. They should have lifted the debt ceiling in December. They should have tried harder to lift the debt ceiling in December. Most Democrats say that now. Uh, if they lifted the debt ceiling in December, they wouldn't have had this fight. There was some reporting at the time, including oh, us, that uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema didn't want to raise the debt ceiling in December. I don't know uh, whether they could have been moved or whether they could have been swayed in one direction or another. But they did a lot in December before they were before they had to give up the House. This should have been um, uh, all incentives point to this should have been something that they were they they could have done. Jake, thank you. Uh, I guess we watch and wait and see what happens between now and next week. That's it. What would you if you were putting odds on this, what would you say? Is there a 10 percent chance it doesn't get through? Less than less that. than that. Less than that. I think I mean, when two party leaders strike a deal like this, McCarthy has said privately that he could provide two thirds of the 218 votes. I think that's a little bit high, but I, I think it's a I think it's a very good chance this gets through. But listen, Congress is 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 not predictable. It's it's a strange institution that is um, uh, when things go in one direction, they could go out of hand, get out of hand quickly. But I would say there's a pretty good chance this gets through. OK, thanks, Jake. Thanks. Coming up, how the markets are digesting all of this debt deal news and how they're bracing for the Federal Reserve's next move with Strategist Research Partner CEO Jason Trenner. What may be bullish is actually if, if the Fed just threw up its hands, said 4% inflation, 5% inflation is like, that's the best we're going to do, then I'd say you buy the market with reckless abandon. Squawk Pod will be right back. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. You're listening to Squawk Pod with Joe, Becky, and for this next conversation, Jason Trenner, the chairman and CEO of Strategist Research, a Baird company. Stand by, Joe. His mic to you. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Uh, I'm Joe Kernan, along with Becky Quick. Hello. Oh, you missed the commercial break. Trenner's here, and you've been witnessing Ursula singing show tunes from Little Mermaid. And it really, how do you get your voice so deep? Four unfortunate souls. No, it's my daughter's favorite movie. We watch it a lot. Why are we able to do all this? Andrew is out today. Crypto, if you try and figure it out, it was a simple, if this was going to happen in a bad way, this debt ceiling thing, there was going to be risk off and you were, people were going to be selling whatever they had. Uh, and that doesn't look like it's going to happen. So we did see crypto, which was down in the, or Bitcoin down in the mid 26s, 
even low 26s. By the way, gold sold off on Friday, too. It yeah. was at its lowest level since March 17th. Yeah, that's weird. They see gold sold off. Before you even got crypto the Crypto going up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it all has to do with, uh, with the debt ceiling. And, and there were concerns, but the market never really pulled back. To, I don't know if the, the market ever really believed it. I don't think it, so. There was no, a in fact, you see a little bit of height in the... Look, a little bit of advancement in the futures today, but if there hadn't been a deal, I, I think you would have seen the other side of it, a big drop. You bet. Um, I mean, I, I, in my opinion, though, the hard part, I, I don't want it to be too negative, but the hard part is now. Yeah. You, better start, you better start pivoting, Trenner. I don't think so. You've missed no. about, well, I know I, you don't I, think I missed, so. I missed, I, missed the NAS, I missed the NASDAQ. You missed 20% uh, of the NASDAQ. How much have you missed on the S&P? And, no, and what, what we, what's going to happen for you to be right we about got being so negative? Recession. A recession. Oh, no one's heard of that. No, I know, but that, but certainly though, it hasn't it hasn't happened yet. And I would say the chances of it happening. But, but are, by the are time we're in one, if, that's the bottom. No, it doesn't work. That market always in a recession. The market always when bottoms would you after switch? the recession starts. Start with something we probably do agree on. And did you ever notice the word progressive? Isn't there a better word for what is that? Does it lead to progress? Those policies? No, it seems pretty. It seems pretty regressive to me. I, love, I, I, I just don't love know. Call, I just love it that it's called progressive, but everything sort of leads to the government taking over yeah, every to, part it of your lead, life. It yeah, takes it us backwards. Seems like much progress to me. Okay, now back to where we're. Uh, so we're up about sixteen percent, um, I guess, from the October lows. Have in your past your, your right. storied career. Have you ever been on the <laughs> yeah, posing? Have you yeah. ever been in a position where you start to your, the your beliefs are, are shaken and you finally have to just throw in the oh, towel? Of course, listen, and that's not going to happen. You don't foresee listen, that happening. I, I don't perceive it happening, Joe, because I think the fundam the fundamentals ultimately went out, and um, I think the fundamentals as far as they're shaping up for a recession, I think the, the case is extremely compelling for the second half of this year going into next year. Now, we've, we, again, this is the most widely anticipated recession of all time. I understand that. And I have a lot of our clients say, if this is the most widely anticipation, uh, anticipated recession of all time, why is there going to be a bear market? Everyone understands this. But if you look historically, that's never happened. Market always bottoms after the recession starts. And We've also had 12 or 13 years of quantitative easing, which I think has obscured people's expectations about how quickly these things happen. We, we've all gotten very accustomed to seeing V-shaped recoveries, V-shaped bottoms. And this is, more, in my opinion, more of a traditional business cycle, where, which is driven by credit conditions, driven by higher long-term interest rates, Fed tightening. Um, there may be event, an event at the end of this, but I think so far this is taking time. So the Fed's not going to be able time. to stabilize things as they have in the past or come to the rescue. And that means this is different than we've seen in a couple I decades. I think the Fed put, in my opinion, for now, the, what would make me bullish, Joe, you asked me that before. What would make me bullish is actually if, if the Fed just gave, threw up its hands and said, you know what, 4% inflation, 5% inflation is like, that's the best we're going to do. We'll, we'll do yield curve control. We'll start buying treasuries. Then I'd say you buy the market with with reckless abandon. But the Fed is giving you no indication that it's going to do that. The Fed is saying, "Listen, we're, you know, we have our suicide vests on for two percent. This is this is it." Um, I don't think that's going to be the case ultimately. I think if they get to three, they're going to stop tightening. But right now, the in, the indicators that have come out over the last couple of weeks actually support more Fed tightening rather than less. And uh, they may pause at the next meeting, 
but I also think that the Fed is not done by a long shot. So if they were to do that, you would say you'd buy with both hands and be very bullish on the markets, but not necessarily the economy no, if inflation is still running at those No, it's, it would be terrible public policy. In the, in the same way, I think 12 years of quantitative easing was ultimately terrible public policy on so many ways. Very regressive, much better for wealthy people than the average person. Massive inflation in financial assets, uh, terrible allocations of capital. But, you know, a lot of policies um, might be good for the markets, but not great for the average person. I would think that if we had to go to 8% instead of 5 that might give you what, what you're looking for. Do you think, that's, you think that it's going to be that stubborn or something? No. I, I don't think you're going to have to. I, so listen, what, I think what, if, what kind if, of horrible thing would happen? Because you're saying it bottoms. You mean below 3,600? Do we need? Do we need? No, to, we could we could revisit that. We're using 200 bucks for S&P 500 operating earnings. And what multiple? I think a 17 multiple. We did it. Just did a, a, an econometric well, model. That's 30, whatever that's worth. That's it gives 34. you 3,400. Let's say let's say you're in the same range as what you saw last well, that October. That would be a, a from 4,200. That's a twenty another it's a twenty. It's a meaningful. It's a twenty percent drop. And I, I do think that's the risk. I really do. The risk or the likely? I think it's uh, I think it's probably more likely than I, um, the 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 risk for me in my call is that we go up to forty five hundred or uh, up to the old highs. I don't see the the catalyst for that. Certainly AI. I, I think one of the analysts on the street described it as a gold rush. And uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't stand in front of those stocks because yeah. uh, they're probably there is going to be a bit of a gold rush in those stocks. But as we know, the market is increasingly narrow w without seven stocks. The, the S&P 500 would be down. Now, it still counts if you own a if you own an index fund, you still get credit. But the 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 irony is that if you're buying an index fund, you're largely doing that to diversify risk. <laughs> a and increasingly, you are concentrating risk in a very small section of uh, stocks. Now, they're very good stocks, very good companies, but still, that's not really what the product was designed to do. Excellent point. Yeah, thank you. Good perspective, uh, Jason. We, we shall see. And, and we're still in a trading range. We're, yeah. we're not clearly through 4,200 uh, by, by any stretch. The, the one other thing I would just mention yeah. that I think is important is that right now, the, the the Treasury Department is in a, in a situation in which they're going to have to issue a lot more debt to fill up the Treasury's general account. They, they've whittled that down. So one of the things I would watch are, uh, is the yield curve and interest rates, because there is a chance that just on issuance alone, interest rates start to if creep up. If they try to fill it all at the same time, they could spread it out over time. They could, and they could, they could issue bills as opposed to long-term interest rates, but that is one of these things that's going to be a risk that, in some ways, the Treasury Department is actually going to be taking <coughs> liquidity out of the system as opposed to providing it. All right. Thanks, uh, Jason. Thank you. Elizabeth Holmes is headed to a prison in Bryan, Texas. Yeah. Bryan is the seat of government of Brazos County, which is... Huh. It borders College Station, which is where Texas A&M. Right. People are mad at me because I, Texas A&M, I think that's like one of the, maybe the most students of it. it. It's got a lot of students at Texas A&M. It's a huge place. It is a huge place. So at Bryan borders uh, College Station. So that's where it is. And this all has to do with 11-year sentence, Jason. Yeah. Uh, well, that sounds like a feel-good story to me, that they're throwing away the throwing away the key on her. You're happy about yeah. yeah, I'm happy. I mean, why wouldn't you be happy? It's some epicaricacy. You're not really happy, but not uh, happy, but justice it's, you know, is but it's a little justice, justice here and there. Justice is being yeah, so I mean, there's not it. a lot of justice around here. Not in New York City. No, no, no. She'd be, you know, 
I, I mean, you should see what I saw on the way down here. I mean, uh, tell us. I do. No, I, I can't. It's not. It's a family-friendly station. So, uh, but let's just say it was revolting. Um, I you know, you. at six fifteen in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Tell us later. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan. Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin, who's a little under the weather today. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 